everyone, and welcome to the special Dead Center edition of the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com. I'm the editor-in-chief and film critic for The Cinematropolis, Caleb Masters, and today I'm very excited to be sitting down with the writer-director-producer of the Jurassic Games, Ryan Belgart. We interviewed him last year about his film Gremlin, and I'm excited to have him back at the table again today. Ryan, welcome to the show. Caleb, thanks for having me, man. I like your new digs, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a new space, uh, a little less dining room, a little more uh, office studio. <laughs> I like it a lot. Guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into our discussion of your new film that's actually gotten quite a bit of buzz online, The Jurassic Games. It feels real, doesn't it? The sand on your skin. The taste in your mouth. You are no longer death row inmates. You are contestants on the greatest game show in the world, the Jurassic Games. Every year, 10 of the world's most lethal death row criminals compete for their freedom in the Jurassic Games, a TV show where contestants must survive against ferocious dinosaurs and each other. The last survivor is granted freedom, fame, and fortune. It's, it's been a year since we've talked, and you went right from Gremlin. I mean, you were mm-hmm. riding the wave of Gremlin at Dead Center last year, but you've since then put together a feature film that is infinitely more special effects heavy. Can you tell folks a little bit about the film? Yeah, sure. Um, well, The Jurassic Games is a, a really fun uh, action dinosaur movie. I wanted to do a movie that was really fast-paced and fun and featured lots of visual effects because our visual effects team had a lot, got a lot of experience on Gremlin, and we really wanted to push it, uh, you know, on this next one and really see what we could do. And and I'm, I'm you know, I, I kind of like doing, you know, it's kind of boring to me if our projects aren't like ridiculously ambitious. So, um, you know, this was one that we thought was going to be great. And um, Galen Christie, who's our sales agent, wanted us to do a um, a dinosaur movie with with convicts in it. And then um, I kind of tossed that around in my head for a while and came up with the the thought of making it uh, a virtual reality game, you know, in the, in the vein of Running Man or something like that, which is a movie I grew up loving. Um, so, so yeah, we kind of uh, mashed all that stuff together and came up with that story. Um, you know, you got some Ready Player One in there, you got exactly. some Running Man in there, you got Jurassic Park, uh, The Hunger Games. Yeah, you're throwing a lot of stuff in there, but I wanted to, I really did want to make it a unique, a unique story and, uh, you know, sort of do our unique spin on on that and make it uh, a fun and exciting journey where, you know, to me, you're not really sure who the bad guy is in the movie. And uh, so I think that's kind of a fun, I like writing bad guys like that, where you don't really know who the bad guy is in, in, until the very, the very, very, very end. And I think that's kind of kind of what we did there. And, and you know, you're not sure who you're rooting for. Um, and I, I thought that was fun. And, you know, of course, you got uh, lots of lots of dinosaurs and things in the movie that I remember filming them and thinking, I don't think that's ever been done before. We have a character who has a kung fu fight with a chain with three velociraptors. And uh, he's like doing spin kicks and punches and whipping them with chains. And I I remember thinking as we were filming, I've never seen this. And then as we did all the visual effects and put the dinos in there, I was like, yeah, I've never seen this. And so it's it's fun. It's it's fun to hear people who've seen the movie comment on that, you know, or make memes of it or whatever, you know. (laughs) It's like really fun. A guy who is kung fu fighting raptors with a chain. Ryan, I- I'm there. I'm I'm there. This is great because in the script he th- that I wrote, he's stuck on a chain and he can't get out. Uh, and then the velociraptors come and just eat him. Well, when the actor Tiger Shu came in, 
he came to me and said, well, I read that part of the script and I just wanted to let you know that I'm actually trained in chain martial arts. And he said, it could be cool if I get loose from my, you know, chain and then use it to fight back with the Raptors. And we were all like, oh, well, that sounds awesome. And then he starts taking the prop chain and whipping it around like Bruce Lee or something, like inches from our face. We're all just like, you know, think we're going to get smacked in the face by this deal. And, um, but it's like really good. I mean, he's like doing this whole deal. And I was like, well, let's come up with a choreographed routine and make it a situation where, you know, yeah, you break free and you're, you're you know, chained to this thing and then you start whipping it around like a whip, you know? And then we came up with that thing and, and uh, in a few hours and then choreographed this fight. And then it was up to our animators at the end to put the Raptors in and be reacting to all the things he was doing. But it turned out to be such a cool, it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite scene in the movie. It's just, it just turned out so cool. And it was completely like, you know, just because he knew how to do it, it wasn't written that way. And, and this was, and, and was this something that happened during the production? For yes. Like after you cast the actor? Yes. Right? Oh my yeah. gosh. That's fantastic. That's yeah. movie magic right there. Well, I mean, we were excited. I, I was thrilled because, you know, the, uh, what I wanted Jurassic Games to be was action and fun. What we did sort of accidentally too, that was also kind of movie magic, is that we put the world in a virtual world where really anything can happen. So it's, it's kind of easily explained away. Well, yeah, of course they would want, you know, uh, this kung fu fight to happen in this virtual game. And so, um, you know, it, it kind of just all kind of magically fell together. And that's the kind of the, the special part of this movie is it was one of these movies that as from the very beginning, when we were writing it and putting it together, we thought, hmm, this one feels different. It feels different. It feels like it's hard to explain, but it just feels like there's something here. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about this. You know, and it kind of just worked. You've really tapped into uh, a lot of the conversation on, on film online. I mean, of course, you guys are releasing around a Jurassic World, but uh, I I know I've seen a lot of people who are actually very excited about this movie. Who you know, Gremlin, I've you know, you see some buzz, but I think you guys have tapped into something that that special mm -hmm. thing you're talking to. You've tapped into to people who like the fun. They're making dinosaurs more fun. Jurassic Park probably is my one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie uh, of all time. And the Jurassic World movies, I hope they do well, and I love them. And and um, but you're right. I mean, I think. One thing I like to do with our movies is um, put the characters in ridiculous or unwinnable scenarios. And we've done that with all, all of our movies. But I always like the actors and the characters to play it like it's really happening to them. Because I, I feel like that if they're winking at the camera too much or if they're aware of the world, um, then I feel like it loses some of its you know, chance to have moments of real drama or suspense, you know, and I, and I want those in the movie. I, I, and so I think there are moments of suspense and drama in Jurassic games, but there's also moments of camp and there's moments of comedy and there's moments of, um, you know, all those things. And it, for me, I kind of feel like real life is like that, you know, I mean, like real life has moments of drama and, and, and horror and comedy. And so I'm not trying to just make this one, you know, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say it. It's like, it's not just one, like I'm going to do one specific style or one specific, I mean, I'm not going to make this like a, a Sharknado over the top B movie where, you know, it, no, it's like I'm trying to, I'm trying to make this into a story that does resonate and does make you think. And then afterwards you're thinking, well, how, what side would I be on in this argument? Or, you know, and it gives you more to think about than, than just dinosaurs eating people. Right. You know? no, no, that's good. And well, I, th I think, uh, in the film, right. You, you have the, the people who are actually competing in the Jurassic games are prisoners, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the way it's set up in our movie is that they're all, they're all convicted murderers on death row. So they're convicted killers. So they've been sentenced to death. And they're all going to die by lethal injection anyway. So these are the worst of the worst. They're the right. worst of the worst. They're convicted killers. Uh, one of them, Anthony Tucker, who's played by Adam Hampton, uh, is perceived uh, by the media and other people to be possibly innocent. We don't really know. But he was convicted. And so the producers of the television show, The Jurassic Games, are saying, hey, we're just 
you know, this has been accepted in society for years now. We put these death row inmates on here, and when they die on this virtual show, then we inject them with their lethal injection and they die. And um, but so now you've got the situation where there's a contestant that could be innocent, and you've got you know people protesting and you've got people up in arms about it. And the producers of the show are just saying, hey, you know, we're not the we're not the judge or the jury. We're just the executioner, you know. And so it's really a, there's a lot of fun things to play with there. And you've got this sort of group in the background that uh, we call the cavemen and they're sort of this protest group that is kind of trying to disrupt the game somehow or trying to make a, a political statement by disrupting the show and so that's a b story that's flowing along there that i actually had the most fun coming up with that and writing that because that to me was more talking about like well what would happen if this kind of show really did exist you know and in the near future if virtual reality was real enough that you, know, you could sort of trick your mind into thinking you're really, you know, into a game, then it could kind of be maybe, maybe done. So there's a lot of that going on in, uh, in the movie, which I think just makes it kind of like you're saying, people are seeing it and thinking, well, this is a little bit more than I thought it was going to be, which was just sort of a, a parody. When I see the Jurassic Games premise, like you guys have a very ambitious premise. Like you didn't just throw it together, you know, and, and, and ham it up. Like it, it seems like there's a, a lot of thought that was put into that idea. And then right. That right now we're talking, you've clearly thought about all the different aspects of that. Whereas I think uh, the assumption with a lot of the people on the film online is they see these really shameless, we're going to move, you know, right. cash grab movies. Sure. And that they might be expecting something like scary movie four or something right. like a parody, you yeah. know, and, and it's not, it, it's, it's not. Think of it this way, you know, in, in my position, I'm being asked to make a movie called The Jurassic Games, and they're coming to me saying, hey, we want a movie called The Jurassic Games. We want it to be a, hung, a Hunger Games Jurassic Park mashup. And I'm like, great, cool. So it's up to me then to come up with a movie that, that fits into that. Well, when you're being asked by a sales agent or a distributor to make a movie for different territories all over the world, there's a lot of like sort of parameters and things that you should follow to give your movie the best chance of success, right? right. Um, and so if you... If you know our thought process behind making the Jurassic games, it's weird because a lot of what went in what a lot of what I'm being asked to do to make a movie like this gets translated into the movie itself. So the TV show is called The Jurassic Games because the exact same reasons why they want me to call the movie The Jurassic Games because they want as many people to be grabbed by the title as possible. Right. Um, you know, in the in the movie a uh, character says uh, why do you think that they picked dinosaurs to be the things that we're running away from? And then the other character says, well, because they tested better than robots, which is true. Right. We made the movie about dinosaurs because we did a survey uh, to buyers and they would rather see dinosaurs than robots at that time when we were, when we were, because they wanted something to push out with the Jurassic world series. So there's a lot of like real, you know, uh, things that are going on that we sort of like put into the movie in kind of a meta way that made it really fun for us because it's kind of a, it's kind of a commentary on a lot of things, but it's also a commentary on making a movie like this. Right. You know, right. That, that's really brilliant. I love the way you put that. Now I, I like the idea too. It seems like, again, I haven't seen the film yet. Uh, very excited to, to check it out, but did you take a lot of inspiration from rea maybe reality TV shows yeah, and things like definitely. that? Definitely. Yeah. Because you know, um, you know, survivor was a show that I watched, uh, and, and I thought, you know, it's cool how they, have them solve puzzles and mazes and things and it's never just always about strength or the size of the of the person it could be about the the skill or the um you know the you know how how uh, savvy they are with puzzles and stuff so i thought well i want to add that in here you know it's going to be they have challenges and stuff that they have to do uh that doesn't necessarily uh rely on strength it could rely on luck or it could rely on just timing or whatever but then we throw dinosaurs in there you know so imagine trying to solve a puzzle 
and being chased by di- a dinosaur, you know. And so that that was really fun, and it made for it made for I think pretty interesting, um, a pretty interesting movie. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Well, let's talk. This is also a film that's made, shot here in Oklahoma, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and it seems like you guys. I mean, I, I follow you on Facebook and and seen you guys found the cream of the crop on these locations because uh, yeah. having looked at the trailer, it's. It's not one of those. Oh, that's that's an Oklahoma film. This obviously yeah. is set in a virtual reality, and you guys covered a lot of ground. It looks like. Well, that's the cool part about having a movie like this is that you don't have to really explain why they would be uh, in the in the forest one scene, in the desert the next, and so we were able to play with that and come up with uh, these fantastic exotic locations. And I really wanted the, the locations to look a lot different from each other, and so we worked with the film commission, and you know, Yusuf over there is fantastic. He's the locations guy over there, and he helped us. Uh, kind of scout and discover some of the great places like uh, Little Sahara, which is up in northwest Oklahoma, which is literally, if you haven't heard of it, it's incredible. It's like there's a spot in there that if you go stand out there and look 360, it's 70-foot it's sand dunes completely all around you. It's like Tatooine or something. It's unbelievable. Wow. Um, so we filmed a lot out there. Uh, there's a place called uh, the Gloss Mountains, which are um, millions of years old. Um, sort of like the remnants of uh, when there used to be ocean covering this part of the world. Um, and it's kind of like these dugout mesas that are very much like a Martian landscape or an Old West kind of landscape. So we filmed there. And then also Robber's Cave down in southeast Oklahoma. It's Bigfoot country. You know, it's like tall trees, lots of fallen rocks and caves and, and rock formations and stuff. And we filmed a lot there. There's a lake there and stuff. So, um, yeah, we were able to take advantage of Oklahoma's diverse uh, geography because there really is. I mean, there really is. You know, people think of Oklahoma probably like as just a big flat plain. It's not. I mean, there's beautiful mountains and sand dunes and swamps and forests and stuff all over the place. And the Film Commission's been fantastic with helping us get uh, access to those locations. That's excellent. Um, uh, so there's a, a good variety of places to film here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's nice to see a movie that really takes advantage of, of most of those yeah. all in one film. Uh, so maybe talk a little bit about casting. Um, yeah. uh, you, you, you know, it's funny. Uh, Ryan Merriman uh, is a guy who's been off my radar for a while, but when yeah. I saw him pop up in this movie, I was like, Disney Channel uh-huh. guy. I lo- I'm not even joking. Like, <laughs> Smart House, Luck of the Irish. And I, I feel bad. I know he's done great things since then, but those are the things I immediately go to. And then I had no idea that he was also an Oklahoman he at is. the time. So that's really cool. So can you talk with me a little bit about how you, your, your casting process yeah. and how you identify the people you... Uh, wanting for the roles? Yeah, well, you know, Michelle DeLong, who's a great casting director here, has a relationship with Ryan, uh, worked with him, I think back I think back in the Disney days and, and even even later. And when we were talking about casting the host of the show, you know, I said, well, I want a evil Ryan Seacrest, really, is what I want. And and she said, well, I know Ryan Merriman would be perfect for this, you know. And so she reached out to his, to his agent, and uh, he read the script and was very excited and signed on to do it. And I'm kind of like you. I, I knew him from uh, Smart House and Luckily Irish, and he's one of those guys. When I saw his picture, I was like, I know exactly who that is. And you know, I he's know aged a day. I know, he looks the same. I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, and he he was in Forty Two. He's in Final Destination Three. He's in Pretty Little Liars now. Oh, Forty Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah a he's great film. and I know he goes. He's like sometimes goes overseas to Pretty Little Liars conventions and things like that. So I mean, he's still doing very well. A very hardworking guy. And I'll be honest, this was you know this was. Uh, a little bit nerve-wracking for me because not only did we have Ryan, we also had Perry Reeves in the movie. Perry Reeves was an entourage, yeah. So Will Ferrell's wife um, in old school. So uh, yeah. So so Perry came in and and uh, Ryan came in. And when Ryan came in, I was a little nervous, you know, because I picked him up uh, from the airport. And it was just me, and he came out and he kind of had the you know 
the short, the LA look, you know, the, that, that baseball cap and sunglasses and shorts and, you know, and, and he came up to me and just kind of, I, we hadn't talked before and he came up and just gave me the biggest hug. Oh, and wow. uh, he was just like, man, I am so excited to be in this movie. He goes, when I read this part, I was like, this is me. I'm going to be evil Ryan Seacrest, you know? And right then, man, all my worries and fears were gone. I mean, I, I was like, okay, this guy doesn't see me as, um, you know, necessarily like some podunk Oklahoma rinky dink operation. He sees me as a peer. Right. And that completely right away, like eased my mind and made me feel like, okay, we're, we're going to work together and we're going to work to make this really cool. Right. It's not going to be an uphill battle to kind of right. like try to, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. he's not doing this just as another job. He's doing it because he wants to, you know? And I thought that was uh, really cool, really cool of him. And so the energy that he brought, uh, and, and, you know, and Perry was the same way. I mean, Perry was super nice and gracious and came in and did an, an unbelievable uh, job as the character. And, and both of those guys showed such a huge level of professionalism and, and, and quite frankly, skill that everyone that was around them lifted their games up to match it, you know, yeah. and that, that was really cool. It was really cool to see that. And those guys, uh, did a great job and, you know, we only had them on set for four days in the main, uh, main sort of scenes that they were in, but it set the tone. We shot those first and it set the tone for us for the rest of the movie. And so everybody realized that like, Hey, no, this is something to be taken seriously. This is something that we're all going to like, you know, bust our butts on to make this the best we can. And so everyone from, you know, writing it to the cast and crew and then up through post-production was really putting in uh, kind of this this um, amount of effort that was probably a little bit out of their comfort zone, you know? Like they're pushing a little bit harder than they probably expected to, and it was because everyone was so passionate about it. And that's why it's rewarding to me now is when people watch the movie or critics talk about the movie um, or people have a lot of fun with it, they're surprised by it and they're saying, I didn't expect this movie to be what it is. And now I'm watching it and I actually liked it or whatever. It's just, it makes me feel great. It makes me feel really proud of the team because I think if anything is on the screen there, it's the, it's, you can see like the passion, you know, and you can see like everybody just like did everything they could to make that movie the best they could uh, with our limited resources and budget and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, Ryan, Ryan's awesome. Perry was awesome, but then you know, locally we had a great cast too of people it's like uh, Adam Hampton yeah. and Kate Jones and uh, Sydney Flack. A lot of uh, mm-hmm. folks who've been you know, making the rounds for several years here in Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. They're great talent. Yeah. Um, Katie Burgess too, from, from uh, Tulsa, uh, Adam Hampton, you know, yeah. Sydney, uh, Luke Wyckoff, who's a relative newcomer. Uh, you've got Kyle Pennington who was in, who was in uh, Gremlin. Uh, and a, a big cast of, of local guys that all, again, rose to the challenge. And I don't think any of any single one of them felt, uh, you know, like like they were not like they didn't belong there, you know, and everybody stepped up. And I mean, the movie was very physical. And, you know, for, for the guys who played the convicts, I mean, there was a lot of fighting and running and sweating. And, you know, and those guys, every one of those guys stepped up and, you know kind of took punches to the face, you know, for the movie, literally. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, you know, they, they, they bled for the art, right. so to speak. Exactly. <laughs> so let's, uh, I, I'm kind of curious, this is, of, of course, uh, you've done special effects, I mean, Army of the Frankensteins mm-hmm. a little bit there, and of course, more, even more in Gremlin, and this is, uh, this is uh, another huge step up. Right. Can you talk a little bit about, like, what was it, was it, what was it like to, to, to look at your team and say, hey, we're going to make CGI dinosaurs? Like, what, <laughs> what, like, what were the challenges that, that came along with that? So Stephanie Roach and I were the ones that kind of did Gremlin and, and, you know, we, we came up with the Gremlin creature and then I did the lighting and rendering and she did all the animation and her and I did about 150 shots for Gremlin together. So we sort of understood the pipeline and the workflow. We, we came up with how we want to put a creature into a movie and then put it in there successfully enough that it would be, that it would work in a movie and be able to be sold and all that stuff. So we came up with all that process. When it came time to do Jurassic games, it was 
very clear that there was no way in the world that just two people were going to be able to do the number of shots that were required in Jurassic Games. So I ended up reaching out to local people. Uh, I, I mean, I did it on Facebook and I was like, I need CG artists. I need people that know how to do this stuff, you know, to come work for me. And honestly, there's not very many in Oklahoma City that have the skill level required to come in and like immediately work on this kind of stuff that we're trying to do. There's lots of students and there's lots of places that are starting to teach this now and uh, some great programs and some local universities and stuff. But, um, but even, even still those, those students are at a level that while they have a lot of talent, I need them to be like ready to work on a film like yesterday. Like, yeah, yeah, like right. they show up and they can start working right. and, and, and adapting to your processes on day one. Exactly. So uh, I was very fortunate to find uh, Dan Moyer and Jensi Jennings, both who are experienced CG people that were, kind of transplants or about to move to Los Angeles or something. And I brought them in and said, no, I, I need you guys here working on this with me. And they bought in and I hired them to work full time with me. I also used Matt Gardaki, who's a local visual effects guy yeah. who's worked on a lot of movies. And he did an amazing job of uh, all of our sand particle effects and our T-Rex scene in the desert, which is the highlight of the movie. It's incredible. And he worked really, really hard on that, put tons of hours in on that. So it's a team effort, big time. It, it, it went from two people to eventually, you know, I think at one point I had 15 or so people working on the visual effects on the movie. And, you know, it was a real challenge to keep it all consistent and together. But I'm, again, you know, everybody, everybody was a team player and worked really hard and uh, just made it happen somehow. So w let's talk. I mean, you've got a lot of dinosaurs. I think you, you mentioned to me that you also have a saber tooth tiger. Mm -hmm. Like, what are some of the creatures folks can expect to see in the film? Well, you got, you know, your stars are the dinos, right? And you've got the T Rex, uh, you got the raptor. You've got uh, the saber-toothed tiger, which we had a lot of fun doing. You've got, um, you know, a, a, we have a man-eating plant that was uh, kind of fun to do. Um, you know, and then you got sort of your your secondary guys, which are, you know, you got a pterodactyls and brontosaurus. You've got a triceratops. You've got a uh, giant spider. You've got a little, I'm not even sure what the name of them were, but just little dinosaurs, like compies. Yeah, compy. Like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you got a couple of those in there. So we, we, you know, we, we wanted a drag, a big dragonfly and stuff. So we wanted to have a bunch of different creatures where Gremlin had one creature. We probably have almost 10 different types of creatures in here. So, um, yeah, again, that was another challenge because each one of those things had to be rigged and lit and, you know, animated. Uh, so I just wanted to add, uh, as much sort of like excitement and diversity, you know, like, like a movie, the dark crystal is one of my favorites. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for no reason at all in the dark crystal, they'll have, you know, these little like puppets come up these little creatures that are in one shot you know and it's like why did they do that well it was to build the world and make the world seem bigger right you know? right well it's those little details of the little world building things those are the things that make it feel more authentic whenever right. you can get, get those in place mm -hmm. uh so uh, i'm curious dead center is uh right around the corner later this week and there's a lot of great films uh that are gonna be playing there uh not to take it too far away from jurassic games i'm curious like what are do you have any other films at the festival you're excited to, to watch oh of course um I, I i i like Laurent a lot i haven't talked to him a whole lot uh, in person i met him two or three times but i think uh, you people looks like it's going to be great and i can't wait to see that um and then you know you've got kyle roberts the grave which i've been following for a long time he's been working on that for a long time i'm, I'm excited it's, that's a really big passion project for them yeah Yeah, and uh a lot of the cast kind of bleeds over from jurassic games into the grave uh too so i'm excited about seeing that one i, I like kyle's work a lot and then uh you know I, i'm kind of excited about the the nick collison um uh, documentary that has just been announced to be playing there. I've had the chance to work with Nick Collison a few times in uh, car commercials, <laughs> you know, so, and that guy is uh, the most genuine, nicest, coolest dude. I mean, I, I just, I loved working with him and he deserves any kind of 
uh, attention he gets. So I'm excited about that. And then, you know, I, I always love watching all the Oki shorts. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be there all the time. Uh, it's a strong that. block. I, I, I mean, it's it, the last three or four years, it's consistently where you watch them and you're like, man, all of these Oki yeah. shorts block. I mean, they're, they're really great material. I would, I hope that we can be a part of, you know, sort of elevating the quality of the, of the stuff that's coming out of here, you know? And, and I think that, uh, you're right. I mean, every film that I see now that Oklahomans are doing and producing is really at a much, much, much higher level than even like 10 years ago, seven years ago, or whatever was even really possible. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that people are getting better and more savvy to how, how to do it. But also, you know, it's easier to get access to the equipment. It's, people are taking it more seriously. The, 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 the film and music office is, is really, really out there, um, you know, making sure that not only are these projects that come into Oklahoma to bring money into Oklahoma are, are taken care of, but also local homegrown fil filmmakers are getting the same exact equal benefits and opportunities uh, to make their movies here. And I think that's really important because I'm not, I'm trying to build a studio here that can build, you know, do multiple movies and bring in business uh, into Oklahoma that employs you know, uh, filmmakers and CG artists and, you know, all these different people that it takes to work on a movie. I mean, we probably paid a hundred people to work on Jurassic games, you know? So there's a lot, there's a lot of people that uh, can make money here. And I love seeing the quality of the films get better and better. When you talk about someone like Kyle, you know, he and I kind of started around the same time with post-human project and army of Frankensteins. And we, we looked at each other's work with sort of a friendly rivalry, you know, and we were always friendly to each other and like each other and support each other. But I think both of us would admit that we're looking at each other's work going, wow, I have to top that now. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit like a friendly competition, yes. right? I think so. And I feel that way with, with really any, any person I think that's doing this, that makes me want to get better. And, uh, but, but at the same time, I want to add to that, that it's not just about us in Oklahoma elevating us against each other and competing with, like, I'm not competing with Kyle or, or anyone else that's making a movie like when you go out to AFM and see your movie competing with every movie that's trying to come out that year, let's like, you know, I want, I want the Oklahoma filmmaking community to look and see there's something bigger than this. We can actually produce movies here that can be sold all over the world and released all over the world. That's who you're competing with. So let's elevate ourselves all collectively to do that. And I don't, I don't like seeing things that divide our community here. It's very small. Yeah. We can all work together and uh, we all should be working together to uplift each other's, each other's work and abilities and stuff. Absolutely. And, and, and I, I, I definitely agree. And, and I'd like to celebrate that positivity. That's one, one mm -hmm. of the things uh, about uh, Oklahoma. That's great. I'm, I'm not native Oklahoman, but uh, you know, I'm getting really getting steeped in the film. One of the things that's, that's really cool that I have when I travel and check out or talk to people who are in these other different, you know, Austin or New York, there's definitely a real sense of everyone wants everyone to succeed, generally speaking, yeah. I think. And uh, I know it's every community is like that, but it's just, it's really positive um, seeing people the way you, you talk about your relationship with Kyle. Uh, like it's, it's a competition, but not because you're trying to, you're trying to, out them to make everyone better. And you're, and you're also taking the resources that you've earned from your films and pouring it back into the right. community as opposed to just picking up and right. moving, you know? Yeah. And, and I hope Kyle and I get to work together, you know, someday there's, there's just, there's lots as, as we grow and, and the films become more successful and, and are being seen by people outside of Oklahoma, there is opportunity for us to bring that attention here and then, then therefore employ all these guys. If my company gets to do five movies a year, I don't get, I can't direct five movies a year. Right. I need other directors. I need other producers and writers and people to come in and, and help me. And, you know, I know them, I though they're here, you know, right. so that's the, uh, that's hopefully the benefit of, of, of all of us uh, working together to elevate the, the whole scene. And that's exciting for me. Big yeah. time. Cool. Well, is there anything else you would like to add about the Jurassic games today? 
Uh, well, you know, we are having our world premiere at Dead Center, which I'm super excited about. And we can talk about Friday, uh, June 8th. You know, it's a Dead Center. And then it's going to be released on VOD on the 12th of June. You know, so all the streaming services will have it then. And then on DVD, it'll be available at Walmart and, uh, and I, I believe Redbox, also Family Video and places like that uh, on July 3rd. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon. So uh, that's where you'll be able to find uh, the Jurassic Games. And I hope I hope you guys um, enjoy it. All right, Ryan Belgarth, the writer, director, producer of the Jurassic Games. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on the Cinematic Schematic today. You bet, man. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Caleb. If you're at home listening and you've enjoyed our talk with Ryan, make sure to stay tuned to thecinematropolis.com for even more Dead Center coverage, including filmmaker interviews, reviews, and more. You can check out the website or follow us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Cinematropolis or on Twitter and Instagram at the Cinematrop. Thank you so much for tuning into this special Dead Center podcast interview. We'll catch you back again next time on the Cinematic Schematic with more interviews. Mm-hmm.